Will you pray with me? Eternal God in whom we live and move and have our being, we give you thanks that you have redeemed us. Lord, as we finally close this parable that you taught us, may our hearts burn once again with the fire of your love, with the fire of your redemption, with being lost and being found, with being dead and being alive again in you. To you we give all the glory and the praise forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it seems almost brief now that we are in our last week of the prodigal God, the feast of the Father. We've talked about a number of things over the weeks. We've examined the younger son and the older brother, the people around Jesus. We've talked about the cost of discipleship and many other things. And finally, we come to this place in this parable that talks about the feast that went on when that son had been found and was there again, was restored, and the fact that the father said we had to celebrate. You know, overarching this entire parable is the theme, as Jesus is telling it, of what really Scripture is all about. The theme in Scripture of first exile and homecoming. You know, exile for us. There was a place that we were supposed to dwell. There was a home for us. It was a garden. And we were there and we had work to do that was fulfilling. We worked hand in hand with God as he had given us things to do. We had fellowship with God. We had a place that we called home. We were at rest in him. We delighted in his presence. That was what we were destined for. But like that prodigal son, like that younger son who willfully went his own way, took everything, spent it, and ended up bankrupt and empty. So we fell in that garden. And we too have lived in exile ever since. And inside of us, there is this longing, this longing to be back in a place where we are finally with God again, to come home, that homecoming that is painted for us so aptly and so wonderfully in the book of Revelation to be once again in the presence of God, to celebrate at the feast of the Father, to be with Jesus and our loved ones forever, to be finally at rest. You know, I don't know about you, but there are many times, and maybe it's just the way it is in the fall with all the homecomings going on at high schools and different things and the seasons changing that I get nostalgic. And a lot of times in that nostalgia, I don't know about you, you're drawn back to memories that we paint of things that were beautiful or things that were wonderful of a place that we might call home. I want to set up just for you a video clip that I want to put in your minds on that. Um, back in the 70s, there was a show on television that took a nostalgic look back at the Great Depression of a family that lived at that time. And there's a moment where they're talking about selling the family home and what it meant to them. And this is just a brief clip, but I think it really puts into us that idea of what home can really mean. So Tim, if you would run that. Well, the rest of us, uh, the older ones, I, I think maybe it wouldn't be so hard for us. 
We've had this place all our lives. And we have a history here that's made us what we are. And we have memories of this place that are so firmly planted in our minds, we'll never forget them. Every breath we've ever taken is still somewhere in this house. Mom, as long as I live, I will never forget the smell of coffee and bacon drifting upstairs on a winter morning. I'll never forget the sound of your footsteps in the hallway. You know, Daddy, I have a picture in my mind of you that is so clear. I can just see you walking across the meadow through a new crusted snow. I'll never forget those things. I've stood under the kitchen window and I've listened to the sounds that this family makes at dinner time. And everyone's talking at once and nobody's listening to anybody else, but the sound of that talk is so beautiful, you just ought to put it to music, the way it drifts out on the evening air. It's the sounds of this house that I'll never forget. Especially that one moment when we're all in bed, we're all safe, we're all together, just before we go to sleep. And we say goodnight to each other here. I don't know if you had a family like that that you can recall memories and times and places that you go back to or if you didn't or if you wish that you did. But part of that is our human condition. Part of that is that somewhere in us we long to get to that perfect place, that home where there is peace, where there is comfort, where there is memories, where there are fellowships. And part of what we do often in creating that is we put a lot of force into that when we come together for different things, for reunions. And one of the things that we do always when we come together with family reunions or we get together at Thanksgiving or you get together at Christmas, or you do, what is it you do? You have a meal. You have a feast. You see, that's part of us too, is that we get together to share that fellowship of being around a table, of eating with each other, of filling our souls and strengthening them, of having the bond that comes from talking to one another, being together. You know, it's really one of the reasons that there's so much stress at the holidays because everybody's trying to create in their minds that perfect Christmas, that perfect moment for everybody, that it will be kind of that wonderful time that everybody's home, that it's all wonderful again, that everybody loves one another again. You know, sociologists and psychologists, whoever, say that we're bankrupt emotionally, we're bankrupt psychologically, we're bankrupt economically, and the church says to all those, yes, we are, because that is the theme that we live in. We are in exile on this earth. We have songs and hymns that talk about this. I am but a stranger here. Heaven is my home. We long for that picture that is painted for us in Isaiah, the words that you heard today. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a banquet, a feast for us of the finest foods. 
We long for that time to be in the embrace of our Father, to celebrate with our true elder brother, to be in that place where there is no death, where our tears are wiped away. That is the great theme, and that is what Jesus was finally painting in this parable, that that day would come, that he, as the true elder brother, would bring us to the place where we would finally be home. But what would it mean to us now today if there truly was a taste of that on this earth? How would it impact our lives? If we could celebrate for a moment that feast of the Father, if we could for a moment have that peace and that presence, that love, that forgiveness, all that Jesus, our elder brother, who was in true exile for us, who was forsaken by God, cut off from the land of the living, rejected and despised, who had no place to lay his head. He was in exile so that he might bring us to that place, to the place that we could call home. How would it impact our lives to be able to have a moment like that? Would we have peace? Would we have strength in difficulty? Would we have forgiveness overflowing in our lives? Would we have joy? Would we have hope for the future? All of the things that are gifts of the Spirit, would they reign in us knowing that we had tasted for a moment the feast of the Father? We do taste that feast. It is the gift that was left to us by our Savior Jesus Christ on the night he was betrayed. We call it a foretaste of the feast to come. It is a celebration as we come to the Lord's Supper. It is the closest place on this globe and on this planet where heaven actually touches earth, where we are caught up in that moment in heaven with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, where we finally have a taste of what will come in the feast of the Father. You know, so often we don't understand the words that Jesus used as he talked about that feast. When he said, do this in remembrance, we don't understand really the Jewish meaning of what remembrance was. Passover was a celebration of remembrance, but what it meant was I was participating in the very event. If you were a Jew today and you talked about Passover, you don't say back when God led Moses and Israel out of the land of Egypt. You say on this night, we were delivered from the hands of bondage. We were delivered from Egypt. You see, that word remembrance means a presence that you are celebrating in right now. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are participating at that moment in the feast that is to come, that foretaste of home that we so long for. Jesus talked about that feast, of what it meant to be in that presence, to have truly his true body and blood, to strengthen us, to be with him, to feel his embrace, his forgiveness, his love in that moment that he gave us at this incredible feast we celebrate. And not only do we celebrate it week in and week out, we celebrate it in a community. You know, remember all the way back at the beginning of the parable, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were so upset because Jesus 
had a meal. He ate with sinners and tax collectors. That intimate moment around the table that identified you with those people. How could you identify yourself as Messiah with people who are sinners? And yet in this feast that we celebrate, in this moment at the Lord's table, we celebrate it in communion with one another. You know, in theology, we always talk about the two directions of this meal, that it is God coming down to give us this, but we also celebrate in a community together. We are given this feast of the true body and blood of our Lord handed to us by someone in our community in fellowship with us. It is a bond that strengthens us. It is a bond that gives us hope for the future. It is a bond that gives us a taste of that time when we will be in that place, on that mountain, celebrating with all that God has planned for us and given us. It is true. It is real. It is a feast that we have to celebrate. We come here to this place, not just to be in church. We come to be in a community together, to strengthen one another, to celebrate the gifts that we have here. We bring people into this fellowship to be a part of this community, to experience community. There is nowhere else on earth that can bear the weight and the need of your soul for that homecoming, that feast of the Father, other than here to be found in Jesus Christ. Nothing else in the world could fulfill that longing and that emptiness we have to be back in the place where we were created to be. And nowhere else can we taste of that feast and that homecoming than in the Lord's Supper and the sacrament he has given us that we celebrate. You see, that is the true feast of the Father. The day will come when we will be with that multitude that no one could number. When they will come from the east and the west, as Jesus said, to sit down at the table to celebrate and feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all those who have come before us. That is the promise we have. That is the gift we have. But we can taste it now. We can celebrate with Jesus. We can celebrate with those who have gone before us, with the entire company of heaven. We can feel that longing for home by the gift that Jesus gives us of himself. May we ever come to this feast, to this community of celebration, to this place where we lift high the cross of the one who was exiled for us and has been redeemed, who has brought us back into the family, who has put his arms around us, who has said to us, we have to celebrate because we were dead and we are alive again. We were lost and have been found because of Jesus. Amen.